Welcome to another episode of the Games and Schools and Libraries podcast. I'm Donald Dennis. You can find me staggering through the internet as Walsfio. Today I am here with a new host joining us for the show, Mr. Chris Bell. Hello, I'm uh, Chris Bell. I will be joining the uh, show for the foreseeable future. Right, so uh, Stephanie is leaving us at the Georgetown County Library System, and so Chris is going to be my new assistant slash site manager here at the Waccamonic Branch Library. Minion. Yeah, Minion, yes. And so that means I get to force him to perform on air. Yay. Yay. So, uh, Chris, let our listeners know a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I'm a graphic designer. Uh, I've lived in this area here for all my life. That, uh, this area being South Carolina. South Carolina. Grand uh, Strand area, so along the coast. Been friends with Donald for many, many years. And uh, he managed to Shanghai me into the library. All right. So, just in case people think there was something up, we did the interview process. I did not offer an opinion on a Chris, but my two bosses said he's our choice. No, as a four-person interview, Donald was uh, the least participant. It the, was a the full most job. annoying of the batch. Yes, <laughs> uh, and so uh, it was excellent. To, nice to know that uh, you know, despite years of Stephanie's competence, the room would not go to shambles uh, when she left the area. So, hooray! Anyway, uh, we're excited about what's coming up because over the next year, you know, you may have heard us previously talking about the Libraries Ready to Code cohort grant that we were participating in, which, as you hear this, is wrapping up. We are filing our final paperwork and making sure all the bills are paid and the I's are crossed and the T's are dotted, etc., etc. And now, uh, now we're heading on to our next new grant, which I just did our first meeting on this past week. And it is Moonrise Phases of Innovation. And this grant is all about space stuff and technology. So we're bringing a lot of that into the room. Chris, what excites you most about this new grant, Moonrise Phases of Innovation? And how does it sort of apply to the topic of games in schools and libraries? Um, I would say the thing that uh, I'm most excited about is space. Uh, I love space. That's the main theme of this uh, program here. Uh, lots of different things to go into it. Um, Kerbal Space Program, Space Engineers, those kind of games. Uh, board games like Terraforming Mars and its expansions. Different programs like the uh, Lego building sets for uh, making uh, different types of uh, robots. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of different uh, pieces all themed towards generally the space theme. Right, right, right. And of course, I like the big toys. You've heard Stephanie and I talk about the Glowforge recently, uh, which is our big old laser cutter. And we're going to be getting, finally, a 3D printer here at the library. Or For a while, our library director sort of resisted it. And then about the time I gave up hope, uh, he said, hey, we're going to write a grant. And we're going to get you a 3D printer. Um, so we're hoping to uh, the one that we want to get will print metal filament as opposed to just plastic as well, so that we want to do classes on teaching circuits and circuitry making, um, as well as have a variety of other things, which is going to help our escape room creation quite a bit, um, as well as teaching some other basic science stuff. So we're really excited about that. Probably me more than I ought to be. Uh, but, you know, new toys are always a good thing. Absolutely. I'm um, looking forward to uh, coming in on such a great grant. Um, this will be the 
first thing that I'm mainly helping Donald out with here. So gaming-wise, you know, we love role-playing games. Uh, We've talked about them here quite a few times. So we will be making some fiasco playsets that have to do with um, exploring space and what could go wrong, uh, which, of course, are going to get a little science fiction-y on some of them, if not all of them. Uh, And we'll put those in our catalog of fiasco playset compilations so that you can get those easy, easy free. And we're buying the new like Starfinder role-playing games and other games that have to do with space and space exploration just to sort of help sort of generate interest. Because you'd think space was enough to get people excited about, well, space and technology. But, you know, we recently launched a Tesla into space with a dude, uh, a fake guy in a spacesuit to sort of capture the imagination. And I say we, I mean somebody else, but... We as mankind have done this thing. And those are the kinds of things I think that get people excited about science and technology. Even though it's a dumb, dumb, dumb publicity stunt, it's also cool because kids are like, that was so neat. Did you see this? And they talked about it. And the biggest question was, well, what's in the trunk, do you think? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, if you had to get rid of a body, launching him into space (laughs) is probably not the worst way to do it. But that's a different podcast. (laughs) Um, So... Uh, you mentioned Kerbal Space Program, and I have played it. I bought it yes. before it was out of, you know, before it was fully released. But I have not got the play hours that you do. What is it that sort of excites you about the Kerbal Space Program? And game-wise, you know, uh, how will it be useful? Um, so there's been a couple of games that taken a shot at uh, space-style um, gameplay. But uh, Kerbal Space Program was kind of the one that said, we want to make a space game that's about launching rockets into space as one would launch a rocket into space. It is the rocket science game, practically. That's absolutely true. Um, so I've been a part of the Kerbal Space Program fan base uh, since the the early alpha days. Uh, some of the first uh, launches before there were extra planets, before you were supposed to be able to get to space. Mm, with enough explosives, you can get to space. That has been... Time tested and proven. <laughs> so um, I've had a lot of fun with uh, Kerbal Space Program, especially with uh, NASA's new backing for some uh, DLCs, which will be here at the library. Um, it's even uh, major space programs are really liking this game and leaning into it hard and thinking that um, it's a very fun way to let people uh, experience the idea of space and rockets and really get to play around with them in an environment that normally you would not ever get to touch. Right. In the same way that we brought in the Coda Pillars to teach, you know, really basic code premise to children. And then we also did, you know, the Code Rover, uh, slash slash Code Rover, and some of the other games that teach programmed movement and whatnot to, to sort of teach code blocks and various other related computational thinking exercises that just getting people excited enough to to learn on their own is going to help them later when if they want to study it and they have to learn it for reals absolutely Uh, that's the fun of these kinds of games Uh, there's two ways to play it there's the person who really wants to go into the science you know work with the uh parabolas the apoaplis and uh such and really um run with this from a science-based point of view um, and really know how things are working. 
um, you know, work with your center of mass, your uh, thrust, um, how much you have and how much you need to get somewhere. And then there's the way to play it um, where if it doesn't work, you just throw a bigger rocket on it. Right. Um, right. So it's very accessible, but it does have those tools that really lets you get into the science and really learn something um, from these type of programs. And there are also, uh, you know, board games that do sort of the same thing, though not quite so frequently with mm. as much technical focus. Board games can be a little more limited on that front. They don't have the uh, tools as often. Right, because they don't handle all the bat math in the background. you got to do it up front. But we have Terraforming Mars is on the list and the assorted Terraforming Mars expansions of things to get for the library, which is really exciting for me because, A, I, I really like the game. And they keep coming out with stuff, but it does, it mentions, oh, microbe technology or, uh, you know, new things where you will be, you know, generating new power or, you know, hey, we're going to smash a comet into Mars for X, Y, or Z reason. So there's a whole bunch of different elements of science and it's not just, you know, hey, we're, we're taking robots to Mars, which granted robots on Mars, very exciting. But there's so much more. So I can't wait. So many kinds of games. Now, there's one other kind of game we haven't really talked about that I was, I was kind of reluctant to bring these in because it sort of isolates people and it requires a lot more oversight. And that is the augmented reality stuff. Or not the augmented. I'm sorry. The virtual reality stuff. Absolutely. Uh, the Oc Oculus Rift. Exactly. And so the grant is providing us the ability to get the computers and headsets and software so that, well, of course, we're going to get the Star Trek bridge crew because you have to. I think that's required, but uh, we're also going to take people to Mars and, you know, find all of the other space simulations that are out there and let folks experience what they want. Now, of course, the Oculus folks have said, don't let kids play with it at too young of an age because it can mess with their perceptions and their reality. So we're going to do a little study and let you know what we find is, you know, if we give each child five minutes on it so that they can sort of get the experience, is that safe is it not safe i don't know we've got to find all of these things out and we will continue to do research but we've got teenagers here and they will try anything uh, <laughs> whether you want them to or not so uh, we got a lot of tech to play with on that front uh one of the fun things i'm excited with the oculus rift um a lot of people look at it as just kind of a gaming platform but uh it really is a lot more than that um there's a lot of learning tools that you can use it with a lot of art tools, but also a lot of um, scientific value from this. Uh, it was the same with the Kinect um, for Xbox. A lot of people were just looking at it as a gaming peripheral, and then there were certain companies that were looking at it from a medical standpoint. Um, they said, this tool would be incredibly useful for helping us work with the uh, medical field and uh, helping doctors look at it from a new light. And the Oculus Rift certainly has applications to that effect, where it's not just a game to play with. Um, it's a tool, and it absolutely currently has applications to be a learning tool or to let people experience a different way of uh, learning things that we uh, are trying to teach them from a more tactile um, point of view. So, yeah, this is kind of a braggy episode. We've got lots of neat toys coming in. Um, you know, the grants... The grants allow us to do this kind of thing, and we're excited to share what we will be learning and what you know we find out as we do it. If you have a 3D printer and you've used it, uh, you know, let us know sort of what what cool stuff you've done with it in your library. If you've used the virtual reality, 
uh, you know, please let us know all of this cool stuff, uh, what you've done, or if there's things that we haven't mentioned. If you're like, well, we did all this with paper planes and and you know and paper clips, uh, then then hey, let it you know all the all the ways to help explore science or help build these kinds of things up through games and through play. Even you know, I know it's the games and schools and libraries, but I think any time you can play with technology, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Absolutely. Well, Chris, um, one thing we failed to do at the beginning is, uh, do you think that you've given our listeners enough about you for this episode? Um, Well, I can give a little more. Yeah, um, yeah, go ahead. My history. Um, As I said, I'm a graphic designer. uh, Graduated as a graphic designer twice, unfortunately. That's strangely, that's what my undergrad was too. So. Um, so I've been trying to pursue that front, uh, work for printing companies, work for design companies, work for photography companies. Um, but I've also done some fun things with it too. Um, here with Donald, I helped him with Shushcon, um, getting that up and running. Absolutely. Um, so I've tried to use my skills there. Um, I've done, you know, video things for, uh, churches and such for many years, uh, video productions, video editing. There's a lot of video that goes into places many people don't expect. And so maybe we'll get more of our programs that we're doing here at this branch up and uh, so you can see video of those. That's something I'm kind of hoping for. That is something that I hope to bring here is uh, my experience from that front. Something I'd be very excited to uh, help a lot of kids who don't know how to get into that. They want to. Um, Other things I've done. um, Run RPGs for people. Won a uh, Pharaoh's Challenge for that once. Did we ever interview you on the show for uh, for the Pharaoh's Challenge? No, um, we never got you on. I our... got a like a little plug in, but I didn't actually get to um I think talk that, about yeah, that. that probably went on this the Swarmcast instead of here. Absolutely. But anyway, yeah, so hmm, exciting, exciting. Oh, and he is gonna help me with the prep for this next year's Shushcon. And we may even see if we can't leverage Stephanie into helping a bit too. <laughs> even though she's moving out of town. Uh so you'll be hearing a lot more about what we've got planned for Shushcon in the upcoming months. That should be very exciting. What are a couple of your favorite games? Let folks know, you know, games that you're excited about so they can understand sort of where you're coming from. I'm a computer gamer. Um, I love uh, tinkering with computers, building them, playing games on them. Um, but uh, I guess also from the board games, which is quite relevant here, I love um, hidden role style games, games where you've really got to play with the other people and interact with them and um, where you are playing a game, but you're also playing with people, a lot of player to player um, I find that's a lot more fun and a lot more in my style than uh, certain other games that are just races for the points. Right, 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 right. Well, excellent. What kind of video games do you like? Um, well, as I said, I like uh, Kerbal Space Program. I like some of the science-y games um, like that, Space Engineers, um, like the building style games, but also like uh, some shooter games. Um, been a Destiny fan, uh, currently playing the new Monster Hunter World out on PC, um, certain racing games, the Burnout series, always been a great fan. Um, so just a lot of different variety on that front. I, uh, kind of just like games, 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 games. Well, all right. So listeners, thank you once again for sticking with us through another episode of the Games in Schools and Libraries podcast. And Chris, welcome aboard. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. And so you have been listening to the Games in Schools and Libraries podcast, brought to you in association between the Inverse Genius and the Georgetown County Library System. 
over at InverseGenius.com. You can find on RPGs, on board games, on minis games, games in schools and libraries, of course, which you're listening to now, so that seems kind of redundant at this point, um, as well as the Inverse Genius Podcast and the Room Escape Divas. If you would like to be on the show, please be in touch with questions, comments, topics, or ideas, and let us know what either you'd like to hear about or what you'd like to come on and chat chat about. I'm Donald Dennis. I'm Chris Bell. Thank you for listening. <laughs>